0: Good morning, everybody. You can have a seat. If you don't, if you're new here, my name is Derek. I get the privilege of being the pastor here at Shift Church, and let me just start off by saying this: one, if you're a first-time guest, we want to welcome you for the first time. And we got a gift up there. I think Justin said it. I'm not sure if he did or not, but we have a gift up there up front for you, just something small. To say thank you for coming, so stop by there at the, de- at the desk, out front, and see Courtney, um, and she'll give you a, a free gift. Um, but just so if you're a first-time guest here, just want to let you know that we, we say this often that here at Shift Church, it's okay not to be okay. It really is because, to be honest with you, I am not okay. <laughs> I'm screwed up from the floor up. Okay, and um, you know, I think a lot of us here would agree. Like it was like, have you ever been to like some place and you're like. Man, if the person next to me knew my story, they wouldn't want to sit next to me. Have you ever been in one of those type of situations? Well, that's like almost everybody in here, so be comfortable, okay? Um, But we're starting a new series this morning, and well, I I said all that to say this. It's okay to come in here with doubts. It's okay to come in here with a broken heart. We we, we just want you to be who you are. We're going to love you where you are. And anyways, Um, we're starting a new series today, and I don't know... um, I'm not, I'm not old at all, okay? I'm just, I'll be 31 this year. And um, But back in my day, okay, as back as I can go, um, when I was in high school, there was this phrase that we used a lot, um, especially when um, somebody would come to you, to, to, like when you would be talking about somebody, and they would come to you and say, you know, the word on the street is, and a lot of times it ended with, You've you, my name's been in your mouth. And then they beat you up. I um, only got beat up like once, one and a half times, okay? Um, once by my brother. Let's um, share this real quick story. Like, um, <laughs> So I used to wrestle, and I used to, I'll be honest, and this is just from my memory, I may be wrong, but I used to kick Justin's butt all the time. Well, then one time, he broke my airplane that I made in middle school, and we started fighting, and he literally whooped my tail, and we've been friends ever since. So, (laughs) but anyways, I don't know why I went off on that tangent. But um, anyways, but, you know, we we had this phrase that said, word on the street, and it's kind of like this idea that um, there's something out there being said about you. There's something out there that um, that's, being said, that's, that's being told about you, and there's a couple, couple different directions this comes from. It comes from yourself, it comes from others, and then it also comes from God. There's three people saying something about you: God, others and yourself. And today I want to talk about yourself, but here's the deal. A lot of times want me to say this and say it this way: The word on the street is, is that you are called. That you are called. But it's not really about being called. Because, you know, the word called, you know, I've been called to ministry. It's not really in the Bible. But what it does say is that you've been chosen. That you, you've been set apart. Is what God says. And so my thing is, I just want to let you know that the word on the street is that you've been called. You've been chosen. You've been anointed. But if we were honest with ourselves... We know like sometimes when we feel like, have you ever felt inadequate for a job? Like you just felt like, you know what, I'm not cut out for this. And a lot of times when we hear that God has a plan and a purpose for your life, you're like, yeah, that's great. And then when we leave here or leave some setting like this, we go, oh, can I really do that? Do I really have the skills to do that? Like, God, did you see what I did yesterday when no one else was watching? Did Did you see that? And here's what I hope this morning is that as at the end of this, um, I did tell somebody my title of my sermon this week, and they thought it was pretty cool, so I'm just going to go with it. Um, that when we feel these inadequacies, that when we start telling ourselves all of, our, all, all of these things that we, that, we, uh, that we throw at ourselves like we're inadequate, I just, want you to, I just want us to look at those things and just say, come at me, bro. Just come at me, bro. All right? I'm glad you thought that was funny. That somebody got it because sometimes it's good to face those things in our lives it's good to look at the look at our enemy and say you know what you like i I was listening to a pastor this week and he he made this thing he's like never look a demon in the eye because if you look him in the eye you've you've already elevated him higher than what he needs to be put a note on the bottom of your shoe and let him read it because he's under your feet Like we, can, we, we have a God who says the same power that conquered the grave lives in us, which means we can defeat those things that cause us to look inwardly and, and be like, say, I'm not adequate for this. I don't have what it takes to do this. And so we're going to look at a story today that I believe the guy should have, in one sense, said, come at me, bro, to things that he was telling, telling himself. But it's the story of Jeremiah. I don't know if you know anything about Jeremiah, but he was a prophet. And what a prophet would do is kind of like he would get a vision from God about the future or a message to send um, to a group of people, and he would go and share that thing. But Jeremiah apparently was this young kid. Like I would say, young teenage kid. Okay, not really sure how old he was, but he—you'll see why I say that here in a minute. And sometimes when we look, we 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 throw things like that up in people's face, like you're too young to do this, or you're too old to do this, or whatever. But this—he kind of felt that way. But God was saying, "I'm calling you." So that's what we're going—we're going to look at today, um, in this series, Word on the Street, and. It's Jeremiah 1, if you have your Bibles. If not, we'll have it up on the screen. But Jeremiah 1, starting at verse 4, it says this. And this is probably one of the most famous passages in all of humanity. The Lord gave, gave me this message, verse 5. I know I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. And verse 6 says this. This is, this is where Jeremiah, how Jeremiah responds. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. Speak for you. I am too young. I am too young, too young. Has anybody in here ever heard of the imposter syndrome? Okay, I didn't think anybody would. So the imposter syndrome is this. It's, it's the persistent fear of being secretly incompetent or inadequate for your job. It's a fear of being found out. Okay, it's a, it's, a fear, uh, it's a fear of being discovered that we aren't as capable or as talented as they think we are. And like I fall in this all the time on two spectrums. One, sometimes I feel like I'm not adequate to do my job for Knox County Schools. Okay, a kid comes to me with this huge situation and I'm like, I really don't know what to do, but I'm going to act like I know what to do because I don't want them figuring out that I really don't know what I'm doing. And, and hopefully, you know, it's like this week I'm getting to go speak at a principal's g- gala uh, for all Knox County schools, and I'm just like, um, they want me to talk about restorative intervention, and and I'm just like, but like, do you really want me to come? Like, if they found out that I, like, I'm still kind of like figuring this stuff out, they're probably going to listen to this and tell me not to come. But it's okay. Um, no, but it's kind of like, you know, like if I'm going to go there and speak, and like I'm going to try to like bull crap my way through some of it. No, I'm just kidding, but. Um, <laughs> You know, but it's kind of like like you, I get that nervousness. Like, do I really feel adequate to that? The, like, I feel insecure about do I really know what I'm going to talk about? Like, I, do I really know what I'm doing? Have you ever felt that way? Like, I hope my boss doesn't find out that I don't know how to put an IV in. Whoo! Or I don't know. I'll, I don't know how to crunch the numbers. I hope my boss doesn't find. Out. I'll just figure it out. I'll Google it. YouTube it. I don't know. Okay. Or um, or my second my second thing is sometimes I just feel inadequate to do this. Like. I feel really like like if, the, if Shift Church found out that I have no clue what I'm doing, they're going to fire me, okay? They're going to get some other pastor that has a whole lot more degrees than I do and it's going to be awesome. But like, we have that fear. Because like, if we were honest, we all have that in some way. Maybe it's not necessarily with a job. Maybe it's just with, I wonder if I, I, can't, get, I can't get past this in my life. But I'm going to act like I can get past whatever this is in my life. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's, Maybe it's some moral failure, maybe whatever it is. Like, like, if they found out that I I don't think I can get over this hump, nobody's going to like me. And we would agree with Jeremiah, who hears God's call on his life, and and, and, and we say something like, "I'm, I'm too young to speak. I'm not educated enough to speak. I'm not strong enough to Get past this. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know what I'm doing here. Like God, like you're going to have to help me because I have no clue how to get past this addiction. I don't know how to. I don't know how to stop watching porn. I don't know how to stop doing all that. Whatever the case may be, for you, like I don't know how. Like I'm. I don't have the strength to do it, God. Maybe it's just something as simple as how you speak to people. God, I, I I know that the way I speak to people isn't good and. It's really not a good light for you. So how do I how do I get like I don't know how to stop. I don't, I don't know how to stop bad mouthing somebody. I don't, I, can you help me? I don't know how. And here, just like Jeremiah was saying, we're Jeremiah here's what Jeremiah does, and I think that we do is Jeremiah puts what he thinks is his inadequacy above God's word. He puts what he thinks is his inadequacy above God's word, and, and just to be honest. Jeremiah isn't necessarily wrong about his inadequacy, right? Because to be honest, the whole point of uh, Christianity is the fact that we can't meet up to the standards of God and so we need someone who could and he sent Jesus. Like Hebrews talks about Hebrews talks about how How, like, the law was given, the Old Testament law was given to show us that no matter how much you tried, no matter how many sacrifices you came and laid down, there is no way possible you're going to meet the standards of God. Hebrews 8. You're not going to meet the standards of God. It was all just to show, like, no matter how hard you tried. Jeremiah Jeremiah was right. He was inadequate. He was maybe too young. But God tells him something. Okay, he forgets that God just told him something. But here's the deal God wanted to make a way in our camp. In our camp, he could. But Jeremiah isn't necessarily wrong about his inaccuracy, he just, he's just looking at it from the wrong side of the street. There's two ideas I want to give you real quick. And the first one is found in verse 5. We're going to read it again here. Remember, he's, he's called out his inadequacy there in verse 6. Okay, and he says this, but he forgets that God says this in 5. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as prophet to the nations. Anybody notice any repeats in there? I think it's the word I. I knew you. I formed you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you. Jeremiah forgot. The one thing that he forgot is this it was God who appointed appointed him. It was God who appoints you. Sometimes we put what our inadequacies before God and see, see, God, I can't do this. Like I could have done this with my past. Right? If it, if, it, if it walked around and breathed, I slept with it. As I've often said, I was a ho-fo whole, whole show. Okay? Like I can look back and just say, see God, I told you I couldn't do this. See, I slept around with all these people. Now I've disqualified myself. So see God, I can't be a pastor. I can't preach your word. I can't take your word to the streets. See, I'm inadequate because I did that. Or, oh, my wife, Brittany, you know, she got pregnant before we got married. See, God like, that should put me way back here. And like, it was really just a part of me trying to run from what God's call was in my life. When we place our inadequacies in front of God, we forget that it was God who appointed us in the beginning. And he's calculated, calculated our humanity into that and said, you know what? I still called you. I still want you. I want you to deliver them. Like this world needs you. So we got to quit putting our inadequacies before God because it was God who appoints us. We don't appoint ourselves. So any defense that we try to throw out there to God, it's not going to work. And if so, But here's the thing that we're going to get to here in a minute, but I want to go ahead and throw it out here. That if God has called you, if God has chosen you, if God's anointed you, he has also equipped you with what you have and what you need to do, what he's called you to do. But the second thing, that I, we'll get to all that here in a minute, but the second thing is, is found in verses 7 and 8 that say this. The Lord replied, Don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you. And say whatever I tell you, verse 8. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and, I, I, and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. So here's the second thing I want you to, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Fulfilling our calling is not dependent on our own strength and skills. But it was, it was on God's presence with us. See, God doesn't respond to Jeremiah by saying, No, Jeremiah, you're not too young. You know how to speak, Jeremiah. You can do it. You're good. Come on, just, just take a step. You're good. No, he's, he just, instead he tells him not to focus on his inadequacies. Because if we focus on our inadequacies, we're, we're doomed for failure. But in v- verse 7, you know, it clearly says, Do not be afraid, for I am with you and will rescue you. With his presence comes everything we need to fulfill the call given to us. Maybe it is that morality issue over here. Maybe you've been sleeping around or looking at this stuff over here. Now maybe it's just you need to realize that the God of heaven is with you. You have the strength to break that cycle. Because he's chosen you, appointed you to do something bigger than yourself, to be a part of something bigger than yourself, bigger than you could ever think or imagine. I hate to go back to it, and I didn't even put it on there, but I think it's amazing that Habakkuk five says, look among the nations, observe, be astonished, wonder, because I am doing something in your day. He wants to do something in your day. He's called you to do something in your day. Something so big, it says, Something so big, you would not believe it if you were told, that like God wants to do like do something in you. Like I see it, God wants to do something so big in you, and for you, and through you. That if somebody was come to you and say, you know what, Courtney, God's got to play. You're gonna you're gonna rock this world. You're gonna be like, yeah, right. You know, but God wants to do something like that in all of our lives. But we gotta let go of this. He's chosen us. He's anointed us. So fulfilling our calling is not dependent on our own strength or skill. It's not based on our strength because our strength is inadequate to do what he's called us to do. But if we would lean into who God is and stop listening to our enemy, let him be under our feet. If we stop listening to our enemy, maybe we'll start really, like, I'll, like it's true. Church is taught. You've got to believe in God. That is totally true. That is totally right. That's the right, like you've got to believe in God. But a lot of times we forget that even in our inadequacies, we have a God who believes in us. We have a God who believes in us. Because if he didn't believe in us, why would he send his son to die for us? Let's go on. Jeremiah 1, 9 and 10 says this. Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, look, I have put my words in your mouth. Verse 10, today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot, tear down, destroy, overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. God's called us to do some amazing things. He's appointed you to stand up. And we did. If you were here, we did a series called "Stand," where we said, "You know what? There's times when we got to stand up for what we believe. We got to stand up against the things that come our way, that oppose the things of God." And I'm not talking about being. Have you ever seen one of those those Christians that are really mean and hateful? Like those people need to, seem to go away, go home. Okay, that's not what this is about. But there's a difference between standing up and being mean, and standing on what you believe is true. Right. It might be something as simple as you know what, I'm not gonna, have, I'm not gonna have that conversation with you. When you're talking nasty about girls or boys or men, you know I'm not gonna carry on that conversation talking about how we need a new boss because you know what the Bible says for me to honor those who've been placed in leadership, so I'm gonna honor that. You know what I'm not gonna talk about them because I know they're going through a rough time and what happened was really bad, but. You know, I'm not going to carry that conversation with you. Or maybe, you know what, you guys can go on and do, go to that place. I'm just not going to because I, the Bible says for me to keep my heart pure. You go and do that. I'm, you go, that's fine. You go do it. But for, as for me, I'm just going to stay here. It could be something simple as that. But he has called you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. You must uproot some things. Like sometimes you may have to uproot some things that you've believed for a long time. Maybe those things that in your life where it's like they're so deep, like maybe it's a pain from your childhood. Maybe it's a pain from your childhood where you're like, you know what? That has affected my whole life. It's the reason I am the way I am now. And it may be that God's calling you to, to uproot that and tear it down, to start fresh today, even. The Bible says that his grace and his mercies are new every day even if you screwed up this morning on the way here maybe you were arguing with your wife or your husband on the way here and y'all get out of the car you're you know you're angry, talking you get out of the car go hey, hey brother how god bless you you know put on the fake sunday morning face maybe that maybe that was you maybe it's just like right now you say you know what god i want a fresh start i don't know how to do it i'm inadequate to do it but i know in your presence anything is possible if you're here anything is possible maybe it's maybe it's that marriage that's on on the rocks, and you're like, you know what, I don't know if, I'm gonna keep, if if we can keep going like this. You know what, God, I don't know, what, I'm inadequate to fix this situation. I remember years, I hope it's okay for me to share this story. But mom and dad, there for a while, were split up. And I remember dad falling on his face and going, God, I don't know what to do, but I know you know what to do, I need you to fix it, because I don't know how. And to see God fix it, was amazing. It's just being God. You have to be here. If I'm in your presence, I know that I'm okay. If I'm in your presence, I know I can. I I know we can fix this, God. But after those verses that we read, we're going to skip a couple verses. But I want to kind of give you the load down. God gives Jeremiah a vision, and it's this vision one of a branch from an almond tree. And it was this picture that God is watching over and will carry out everything he said he would do. That's what, the picture, that's what it says the picture of this almond branch was. That God's going to fulfill everything he's promised you. So, you know, he's promised us that, hey, you're going to have a better life. It may not be here, but we know that no matter in Christ, the best is yet to come, right? It may be an eternity. But he says, you know, I promise you that but what he did say in this world, you will have trouble, but I've overcome the world. But he also says, I will be with you. I will help you get through it. That's my promise for you. Because I've called you, I've anointed you, I have a purpose for your life. For some of y'all, it may be, you know what, I think God's called me to preach. Go for it. Maybe for some of you, it's, hey, God's called me to do this, I don't know how to do this, I feel inadequate to do this, but I'm going to step out and I'm going to do it. And he says, I'll be with you in that. I'll walk every step. Listen, I don't know what, what I'm doing, but I know in the presence of God, he will guide me. He will lead me. And the second vision that was given was this idea of a boiling pot rolling up, over, spilling over from the north, and it was this picture of this terror that was coming to the people of God, people of Israel. It says the boiling over from the people up north, and and it says that God's people are going to be taken over. But this is what we want to pick up. In Jeremiah one seventeen through 19, it says this. Get up and prepare for action. I love stuff like that. It's kind of like put on a cup because we're about to play. <laughs> okay? Tough times are coming. better get ready. You better be eating your Wheaties and working out because life's going to be throw something at you. Get up. Prepare for action. Like, don't sit on the couch eating Cheerios. Get up. Prepare for action. Go out and tell them everything I tell you to say. Do not, here, listen to this again. Do not be afraid of them. Or I will make you look foolish in front of them. Verse 18 for see today I have made you strong who's made you strong he's made you strong you can get through it not in your own strength but the strength he's given you you can get through it that inadequacy you feel the thing that you're throwing at yourself you can say you know come at me bro because I'm stronger than you I'm bigger than you he says I've made you strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured we're not gonna fail I don't know if you've read the end of the book, but it says we win. Like an iron pillar or a bronze wall, you will stand against the whole land. The kings, officials, the priests, the people of Judah like Stephen right here for say. like it's like you'll like a bronze, you will stand against the you'll stand against demons, the devil, those people who talk trash about you, those people who doubt you. Those people who say you're not good enough. Those preachers who say you'll never amount to anything because you've made this choice. You just leave that part of your story out because nobody wants to hear that. Actually, I'm going to tell you to tell it. Preachers that come against you. Are, notice what it says here. Even the people of Jude, like even your own people are going to come against you. Maybe it's your family that says, you know what, I've tried helping you forever. And you know what, forget you. I've given you chance and, chance and chance and chance and chance and chance and you just keep failing but you know what? You just you just go do your thing. I'm not going to help you anymore. And God's not... Or maybe it's even church people. People that's supposed to love everybody. People who have forgotten that they were in the same place you were are and God rescued them from it. But they forgot that they could rescue you from it too and they're like, you know what? You're not welcomed here and I'm just like shut the doors of that church shut the doors of our church if that ever happens. This is your own people. But you know what? You can look at all that stuff and say, come at me, bro. Because here's why, verse 19. They will fight you, but they will fail. (laughs) With God on our side, God's anointing, with God's calling, with God's compassion on us, we could never fail. But our enemies will fail. Because here's why For I am with you, and I will take care of you. I, the Lord, what's it say? Have spoken. Because here's something that happens. Like, how was everything created? God spoke everything into creation, right? So there's something about something reviving in us that has to do with sound. He spoke and sound came from his mouth and created everything. Because when, and when God speaks, there's always something listening. What does it say? They speaks to the demons. Every time it talks about a demon in the Bible and Jesus encountering, what does it say? They tremble. Remember the story of the guy who was possessed by a bunch of demons on the hill and Jesus shows up and he's like, they're like Jesus what do you want, want with us please leave us alone maybe there's some of those demons inside of you that are like you know what you can't do this you can't beat that you can't get over that and here's God hovering over you saying but you can because I have spoken it I've come to, to break the chains and set the prisoners free Whatever prison you found yourself in, whatever that prison you've put yourself in, the inadequacy, just know that God has anointed you. He's poured his love over you. And it says that I wonder, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Here's what I want you to know. Instead of responding to your sense of inadequacy with affirmation, respond with a reminder of God's sovereignty. God is in control. Is bad stuff going to happen in your life? Absolutely. But what's great to know is this that since we have a sovereign God calling us, He's also equipping us. Remember, it says He's touched touched Jeremiah's lips to give him the words to say. So He has no excuse. And we have no excuse knowing that God is on our side, He's already won. Too, too often us as believers or us trying to be better at whatever, we, we're fighting for victory, not realizing that we need to fight from victory because He's already won. He's sovereign. He's in control of everything. He knows what's happening in the end. All those things that keep us hindered hindered, are going to be shoved down and we're going to be lifted up and we're going to be in the presence of God living free. But we got to believe that in now we got to believe that we're called. We've got to believe that we're anointed. God has a purpose for your life. And we need to start believing that. We need to start believing that God is for us. Anything that can come against us, we just need to look at it, even if it's thrown from ourselves. When we start listing off our inadequacies, when we start listing our past, we need to look at those things. And we need to say, come at me, bro, because I'm stronger than you. I'm a strong tower in God. With God's strength, I, I, he, he's built a wall around me of protection. Like you can't. Listen, only you can allow something to get over that wall. Same principle of the table we've talked about before in Psalms. I'll walk the valley of the shadow of death. He goes on to say, i prepared a table for, for you in the midst of your enemies. Who are you going to let into your door? Who are you going to let over that wall? Who are you going to give a seat at that table? Because if it's inadequacy, then you need to shove that away. Because that table is prepared for you. Let's pray. God, I want to give you the, the praise that you rightfully deserve. And the fact that you want to take sinners like us, hopeless beings, make us new but also give us a mission. Give us a mission to, to spread this news that the same power that saved us and rescued us and cleanses us makes us new. To give to the poor and the broken. Like it's our job. As Paul who said, I fill up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions that would almost be blasphemous if, it wasn't, if he wasn't meaning that it, without us delivering that message without you calling us to deliver that message of you dying on the cross for our sins and raising from the dead to give us life and power without those get, delivering those, this message without being called, being anointed to deliver, deliver this message it would have been all pointless God I don't understand why you would call someone like me, like us to do that, God, but I just say that as we go and do it, give us the strength just to pour it out where we live, work, and play. To pour it out over the people that's around us. May we may we trust you in knowing that you have called us. May we trust in your sovereignty. May we quit looking at our inadequacies just like Jeremiah did, and focus on your sovereignty, your control, that you're over everything. God, I pray that, um, pray that as we leave here, that we leave here renewed and strengthened. That we leave here with a new zeal for you. And whenever we go back home, when we go back to work, when we go back to school, when we go back to whatever we go back to, that we will be a light because you're called. And maybe even our inadequacies will be a light to people and I pray all this in your name. Amen. Hey, like-